Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Valentine's Day to all of those who are watching us online. We're certainly delighted and elated that the Lord has allowed for you to join us this morning. And if you're joining us this morning, we want to welcome you to what we call St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So we want you to do us this favor. If you would, if you're watching on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we all stay in the same chat stream. You can also tag those whom you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and then click text the link of this worship service to your personal networks. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in the chat window to share this experience with others. Amen. We're certainly looking forward to the Lord doing something wonderful as far as this space is concerned. I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend Pate will come. He's going to lead us as far as our worship experience. Do me a favor. I see you all on our Zoom uh, congregation. Just go ahead, put your hands together. If you're watching us on Facebook Live as well as uh, our YouTube channel, go ahead and give the Lord the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved. Putting those blessed hands together, we, we serve an awesome God. God is great. I know it's a frigid February morning, but God is still great. We thank you for the greatness that he has done in our lives. We thank you for all the great things that he's doing. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you're glad to worship this morning, put your blessed hands together. Give God some worship as we start our congregational hymn. As we start our congregational hymn. Sorry, um, lift every voice and sing. Praise the Lord. Amen.
Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning will be found in Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18 from the New King James Version. And it reads, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully worth in the, in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being unformed, and in your book they all were, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, and as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great! is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand when I awake. I am still with you. The word of God for the people of God. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, gracious and merciful God, mighty are the works of your hands. You are great and mighty, and your name is to be praised. We give you thanks because, God, you gave us another opportunity to see another day. It is because of you we live. It is because of you we have. And it is because of you we are moving forward. God, we give you honor and praise in this worship today. We lift our worship unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Holy, 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 I 
can hear the angels crying holy I can hear the angels crying holy I can hear the angels crying holy I can see the nations give you
holy. Holy is the Lamb. Amen. Amen. There's there's something about that name of Jesus. There is something about who he is and the sacrifice that he's given for us. Give him a round of applause and a praise offering this morning for how great our God is and, man, how great the love of God is through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a love that on Valentine's Day we celebrate as being a little bit a little bit more special than any love that, that we can gain, any love that we can have. And, uh... And it's a love that, that I'm going to preach about this morning. And it's a love that I hope we can end up walking away with as one that is more special than any that we can imagine. Uh, good morning and welcome to everyone uh, that is uh, joining us for worship here at this time. Uh, my name is Reverend Peyton C., children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. And I'd like to welcome you all to this impact moment, uh, as we call it that. It is for our kids, um, for the kids at heart uh, that uh, hear a message um, from me. Um, from the Lord um, that will hopefully break down some of these major concepts that uh, sometimes can be a little overwhelming from Scripture. Uh, now, our message this morning is going to conclude our series about how God wants to be with us. And since it's Valentine's Day, I thought it would be fitting to um, preach about this. Our title this morning is Falling in Love with God. Falling in Love with God. Our memory verse today comes from John 15, verse 9, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. I want to read that one more time because it's kind of short and kind of quick, and it's to the point. It says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now remain in my love. And our bottom line for today, the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this. It's God's love is better than anything. God's love is better than anything else. Better than anything else. I want to ask you this morning, and this could go for the kids, this could go for the adults as well. Do you see the Bible? Do you see God's word as a textbook with a list of rules to follow? Or do you see it as being the greatest love story ever told? When you sin, do you picture God as being disappointed and mad at you, wanting to leave? Or do you see him as a loving dad and wants to hold you in his arms, tell you that he loves you, that he forgives you? I wanted to start off this morning's message by apologizing, actually, to any of our kids out there who have been told that trying to avoid sin as a way to obey God is the main goal of being a Christian. I want to say that I'm sorry if you've ever been told by someone else, or even me for that matter, that not sinning and good behavior is what God cares about the most. This mindset is something that says our personal sins can somehow be managed. We like to call it sin management. It likes to say that our sins can somehow be managed with good behavior, and that is, that is so, so wrong. Now, we need to know sin isn't great. We, we know that to be true, right? Sin, is, sin isn't great. And we need to set up proper boundaries to make sure that we keep our minds and our hearts focused on the Lord. However, sin isn't about just saying no. It's not about obeying God out of fear for punishment. 
If sin were just about saying no, then, well, I mean, we'd be just as good as the religious teachers in the Bible that continue to try to follow a list of rules, saying no to unpure things and sin things, things that they thought were unclean, only to wind up in the same spot that they were in, following rules, right, but leaving Jesus out entirely. When this mindset happens, guys, it leads to little kids like me when I was in elementary school. If you can imagine elementary school, Peyton, good old little Pepe, as they sometimes called me. While sitting on my elementary school bus, I prayed to God every five seconds after having a bad thought and saying or doing something I felt God wouldn't like. I was so OCD with sin. I was in fifth grade at the time. And every time I would pray in my, in my bus seat, I would be in mid-conversation with a friend. And if I thought something that I felt like God didn't like, or I even imagined something that I felt like God didn't like, I would stop the conversation, I would turn, and I would pray to God, and I would ask for his forgiveness. Now, that's just not okay. Like, I, you know, I will never sit up here and say that, Confession is not good and asking God for forgiveness is not good because we need to do that. But I felt like following God was a burden. That's not how it should be for our kids. It's not how it should be for us as Christians. Every time that I sinned when I was in elementary school, I started doubting that God loved me because he couldn't love me with all of my failures and all of my mistakes. He was up there. He was mad at me. He didn't want to see me. For me, Christianity became all about being perfect became about viewing the Bible as a list of rules, something to follow as a perfect behavioral guide, to learn the right way to live, but still be completely disconnected from the love of Jesus Christ. If that's you in any way this morning, I'm here to tell you that my hope and prayer for you guys, for you kids out there, is that you would fall in love with the God of the universe, that you would fall in love with him. And now this isn't a romantic kind of love, It's deeper than that. It's a love far more wonderful, far more magical, long-lasting, and more life-changing than any love that this world has to offer us. God's love is better than anything else. Again, our verse from today, guys, is John 15, 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. This is Jesus saying that I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now remain in my love. Now, guys, this verse comes from one of the most well-known passages in the Bible and one that you may be familiar with. It's where Jesus talks about being the true vine or the source of power, strength, but especially love for every Christian. Here, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he might as well be speaking to us, too. Once we've accepted that God wants to be with us through Jesus Christ, next step is to give our lives to following him and putting our old life behind us. And then the next thing for us is to remain connected to Jesus, and that's where we close this series. Guys, we have to remain connected to our source. We have to remain in the love of Jesus. Now, what what does Jesus mean when he says remain? Another word is used sometimes, guys, in other translations, it says abide. Well, this word abide, this word remain, is to continue, it's to press on, it's to stay with Jesus. We won't be able to produce this fruit that Jesus is talking about here in this passage. Fruit is being, we won't be able to share the love of God with other people and invite them to accept him into their lives if we do not love God. If we do not accept that love and love God as well and keep his commands for us, 
then we have missed the point. And now when, when I say keep commands, you might already be wincing a little bit. Well, Peyton, you just said it's not all about following a list of rules. Well, get this, guys. The command that Jesus wants us to follow here in this passage is to love each other as he has loved us. Isn't that amazing? It's, 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 not the ten com- it's not even about following all the Ten Commandments perfectly, making sure that you check off everything and that you are perfect in all that you do. But it's remaining in the love of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you that there will be other loves that try to get you in our culture today. Other loves like a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, believe it or not, a relation, or other relationship outside of God. It could be a love for money. It could be a love for power. It could be a love for success. It could be a love for a career that you just really want to excel in. It could be a love for even getting good grades and wanting to maintain those your whole school life. Man, all of these loves can compete with the love of Christ if we let them. But the goal, guys, is to view everything that we do from here on out through the love of Jesus. When you get with God in prayer, when you get with God in scripture, I want you to think, man, I'm going to be in the presence of God when I study this scripture today. I am going to be in the presence of a God that loves me, of a God that has sent his son Jesus to die for my sins. And I pray that you never stop wanting to know him more and more because he is mysterious, he is awesome, he is powerful, but he also is loving and he most definitely is our friend. Will you close with me in prayer? Dear Lord, I thank you so, so very much, God, for how wonderful you are, God. I pray that you would help our kids, help us to fall in love with you, Lord. Help us to fall in love with you because you are far more wonderful, far more magical and amazing than anything that this world has to offer. Thank you, God. Help us to love you today, especially on Valentine's Day. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you all. And I love you. Come on, let's give God praise and let's celebrate who God is. We are appreciative to Reverend Peyton C. for his devotional moment, his uh, meditation, as far as our young people are concerned. We have a baby dedication that we want to bring forth. And I want to do all that I can to maintain what I call social distance at this time. So I'm going to only ask that the parents and the children will come forth at this time as we prepare to dedicate Riley and Nyla. Amen. Amen. And I am excited uh, as we prepare to dedicate them. I'm going to ask that um, Minister Pate as well as Reverend C, if you all would join me. We're going to ask that the family, uh, if you don't mind, if you would like to, you can stand as we prepare to engage in this dedication. Amen, 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 amen. How are you doing? 
You look how I feel, sleepy. <laughs> oh, Lord, let me, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing this right to uh, Samuel and to Lauren. First of all, thank you for bringing these two precious gems as far as the church is concerned to be dedicated. And we are certainly delighted and elated uh, to share this wonderful occasion with you all. Um, for Nyla, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do her first and then we will do... Um, uh, Riley, uh, and how you pronounce that middle name? Is Jay. Jay. Okay, Riley Jay. We would do her next, and she's the baby, and she's sleep. Um, to those that are here, as far as family and friends are concerned, we thank God for your presence. To Samuel and to Lauren, first of all, do you promise to love these children unconditionally? Pray for them and be examples of God's grace and mercy. If so, say we do. To the family and friends that are gathered from near and far, do you promise to support these parents and to love these children unconditionally and pray for them? If so, say we do. I'm going to ask those that are here, if you would not mind standing to represent the St. Paul Church, as well as those that are online that are listening to us. Um, do you promise to pray for these parents and be examples of God's grace and mercy to these two lovely children? If so, say we do. At this time, I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads for a word of prayer as we dedicate them back to the Lord. God, we come and we thank you for Nyla and for Riley. And as they come right now, oh God, brought here by their parents, we pray, oh God, that you by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit We'll consecrate them now. We give them back to you just as Hannah gave Samuel back to you. We give them back to you just as Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to be dedicated in the temple on the eighth day. We realize that they're gifts from you, oh God. And so we pray that you will empower these parents to love them, to show your love so that one day they will come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and the pardon of their sins. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. I need somebody to hold this mic for me. All right, now come here, sweetie. All right. Just turn around. All right. Nyla, we dedicate you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. Riley, we dedicate you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the blessed Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, Amen.
to Samuel and to Lauren, we have certificates that will commemorate this day as far as our dedicating them. So I want you to put this somewhere where they will recognize it and appreciate it. And one day we hope and pray that they will come to the saving grace of who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of their sins. But until then, thank you all for letting us share. And so since you're able to handle a lot, I'm going to give this to you. Amen. Those are yours. You may continue, go back to your family. And thank you all for letting us uh, share. And we're going to continue to pray for you all and with you all. Amen. Can we give God praise for Riley and Nyla? Amen. 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 They're just adorable. Whenever we de dedicate babies, it is a sign that the church continues to move on. And we thank God for Samuel and Lauren allowing for us to share in this wonderful occasion. Well, guess what? Of course, today is Valentine's Day. So I want to say happy Valentine Day to all of those that think you are in love or feel like you are in love or want to be in love. Amen. 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 Here at St. Paul, it's also HBCU Sunday. And so I have on uh, what is called Natchez Seminary, established 1877. And for all of my Jacksonians that may be watching us across the width and breadth of this land, that was the original name of Jackson State University. It started out as a seminary to train uh, formerly uh, enslaved ministers and teachers as far as the Word of God is concerned. And it shifted from being a seminary to becoming Jackson State College and ultimately Jackson State University. So that's why I'm wearing the original, original, amen, as far as that's concerned. And we hope and pray that as we celebrate and thank God for HBCUs and the input that they have had as far as our lives are concerned. I want to thank uh, our food pantry. We served 194 families this past week. And again, thank all of those who uh, stocked the shelves. Thank Sister uh, Niles for all that she does, as well as those that partner with her. We ask that you will continue to pray and support our pantry. Um, and of course, they need uh, some men that will be willing to help them as far as to go and shop for food. So if you're interested in that, please call the church. Let them know that you're greatly, that you're willing to work with them because they do need some uplift. I also want to thank our staff for coordinating with Atrium Health as we provided on yesterday 350 doses of the COVID vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, to persons 65 and older in our community. Let's give God praise for that. Poor Elson and poor Karen, as well as uh, Roosevelt and Jody and our men of valor, as well as the parking ministry, were here at the church before 6 o'clock yesterday morning. I got here about 7 o'clock as we were doing um, interviews as far as the media was concerned. But I want to thank our staff. We had to make a shift from um, 
uh, doing the drive-through to bringing them inside the gym. And I thank God that we here at St. Paul had the space and the capacity to be able to handle that. So we got rid of all the vaccines. Atrium got rid of all the vaccines on yesterday. And, of course, for those that uh, came yesterday, that was the first vaccination. And, of course, many people will be coming back on March the 4th for their second vaccination. And, again, thanks to all of those that volunteered. Tomorrow, our office is going to be closed um, in honor of President's Day, and it will reopen on Tuesday at 9 o'clock a.m. Just also want to make a special appeal as far as our media ministry is concerned. Um, we need help as far as getting some more of our brothers and sisters to join us. So if you're uh, interested in operating our cameras and our worship service graphics as well as helping with technical directing, I want you to contact Sister Camise Noel at Camise, C-A-M-E-S-E dot N-O-E-L at yahoo.com. Contact her, and she can let you know what the next steps are as far as that's concerned. I am excited that in March, we're going to be having March Gladness 2021. Mark your calendars for March the uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th. And each night, we will have a different preacher from the national uh, perspective that will be blessing us as far as the Word of God. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Charles Goodman uh, from Augusta, Georgia, pastor of the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. The Reverend Dr. Gina Stewart from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, the pastor of Christ Missionary Baptist Church. And the Reverend Dr. Maurice Watson from Largo, Maryland. Uh, he will be joining us as well as uh, the pastor of the Metropolitan Baptist Church. Three gifted preachers. You don't want to miss them, uh, but we want to give you all a heads up right now. So we will be doing that each night, and we're looking forward to the Lord blessing us in a mighty and a powerful way. Well, also just want to mention that this Saturday, this Saturday, we're going to host a curbside uh, SML uh, Sunday Morning Live book pickup and communion element pickup. And want to let you all know that uh, you need to come and um, pick up your items. I believe it's going to be around between 12 and 2 uh, as far as that time is concerned. And so uh, come and get your communion element as well as your book as we get ready to go into a new quarter. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, uh, there are several prayer concerns I want to share with you all. We want to thank God that Brother Bryce McCain has come home from the hospital. We celebrate and we thank God for that, as well as we lift up Sister Eva McCollum and Brother Willie Perry. We also want to mention, as far as our families that are dealing with loss and grief, uh, the family of Sister Alicia Cochran, the daughter of disciple Debbie Allen. Her services were held on Saturday in Charlotte. The family of Julius Collins, the father of sister disciple Angela Collins Lewis and Jordan Lewis. His services were Friday in Spring Hope, North Carolina. The family of Reverend Donald A. Brown, the brother of disciple Dennis Brown, his services were in Troutman, North Carolina this past Wednesday. The family of brother Apollos McCory, the son of brother disciple Frankie McCory, his going to homegoing services took place on Thursday in Charlotte. We continue to lift up the family of Sister Joanne Lightsey Campbell, the family of disciple Mary Lightsey, 
and the family are Brother David Straw, the brother of Disciple Kevin Stroud, and the uncle of Disciple Sheena Baker. We know that the Lord can do anything but fail. And so as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to ask that Minister Ben Pate will come and take us to the throne of grace. And of course, let's trust, know, and believe that God can do anything but fail. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we are so grateful for your love. We are so grateful for your grace and your mercy. God, the names that have been called, we lift the families up to you today. God, we're doing what the Bible says is carrying our brothers and sisters' burdens to you, and we are giving them to you because you can handle them better than what we can. God, we thank you because you are so understanding, God. When things are confusing, when things are just uncertain, God, your power is evident. God, you, you speak in a small, still voice. So, God, I ask you that you speak to the people that are grieving, that are in the hospital, that are just wondering, God, where are you? God, speak to them today and remind them that you have not left them, that you are still with them, that you are still working it out, that you are still getting the glory. God, forgive us for not being patient with you because we try to rush you sometimes when we think that things should happen the way that we think. But God, when you work it out, you work it out well. So God, we thank you. We thank you for all that you are doing. We thank you that you all that you're going to do, God. And God will be ever so careful to give you all the glory and all the honor and all of the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you believe that God is answering that prayer, can you give God the praise right now that he so richly and rightfully deserve? Amen. Amen. As we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, it is offering time. And what a blessed opportunity it is for you and me to partner with our God. And as we partner with our God, I want to let you know that here at St. Paul, there are three ways in which you can give. The first way is by mailing your check or money order to the church uh, at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can drop off your check, money order, or cash here at the church. But if you would, call the church first to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The second way you can give right now or at any time is on our website. And so on our website, you can go and follow the giving prompts there. The third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, uh, connect it to your favorite credit card, and you can give as far as that's concerned. So as you prepare to give, I want you to do me this favor. If you would, take your offering, if you're giving online or however, put it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. God, we pray right now you would take these gifts of ours and you will multiply them in a Godful way. So that your word, your witness, and your work will go forward. And you'll continue to get the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, God, for the generosity of this awesome congregation. 
And God, I pray that you will bless them according to your word. Because guess what? We've discovered we can't beat you given no matter how hard we try. It is in the name of your son, Jesus, the ultimate giver, we pray. Amen. Give me a sure run. 
Amen, amen, amen. And do me a favor, wherever you are right now, just lift up those hands and give, give our God the hallelujah. Give our God the hallelujah he deserves. Come on, give our God the hallelujah that our God deserves. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Before I get started, before I get started, I just want to thank um, Dr. Sherelle Fuller, who is uh, standing in for uh, Minister of Music, thank you, Scott Gibson, as he continues to rebound. Uh, thank you, Dr. Sherelle. And it's good to see Brother James Cunningham back in the house. Amen. We thank God for his healing power in your life as well. Thanks to our um, singing ensemble for how they have blessed us on this marvelous day. I want to, um, if I could, just call your attention to one verse of scripture, one, one verse of scripture. And uh, I thought it would be appropriate coming from Song of Solomon today, since it's Valentine's Day. Song of Solomon, chapter one, verse five. And it reads very interesting, which prompted me as far as my sermon text is concerned. It reads like this. I am dark, but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Um, one translation says, I am black, but beautiful. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. I want to preach for the time that is mine. There is nothing wrong with being black. There is nothing wrong with being black. Amen. Nothing, nothing wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong with being black. One of the persistent problems in this country and across this globe is the issue of race. The concept of race based upon the color of one's skin is a new world construct. It's a new world phenomena. The idea of race came into existence around the late 1300s, the early 1400s, just as the slave trade was in its infancy. Anthropologist Ashley Montagu notes in Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast, how race is a human invention, a social construct, not a biological one. In other words, you ain't born black or white. You are given that distinction. It seeks to understand the divisions and disparities of the United States in general, and across this world, they have typically fallen into the quicksand and the mythology of racial constructs. We can attest how race has created dysfunction and disparity and division in this country and around this globe. Based upon skin color, black people are dispossessed, disenfranchised, distressed, and disgusted by the treatment we constantly and consistently receive. 
one of the erroneous theological claims and biblical misinterpretation, uh, even misrepresentation, is how we are black because of the curse of Ham. The curse of Ham could be no further from the truth. As a matter of fact, it is interesting how white supremacist theologians came up with the idea that from Ham, Japheth, and Shem, how all the races of the world came into a being. And that is just the dumbest thing because Shem, Ham, and Japheth had the same mama and daddy. And, and, and since they had the same mama and daddy, how are they going to create these different kinds of classes when it comes to ethnicity if they got the same mama and daddy. Now, now we can say without hesitation or mental reservation that their mama and daddy were people of color. They certainly weren't European. They certainly weren't white, which means that Shem, Ham, and Jephthah were people of color. And so no sensible reading of Genesis would maintain that even Canaan was the ancestors of all Africans, and therefore the curse was black skin. Instead, this bad theology supported white European control over African people and the justification of slavery and European colonialism. So let me clear the air for those who are listening to me right now. Ain't no white people of European descent in the Bible. The majority of the people in the Old Testament were either black Africans or Asians of African descent, better known as Afro-Asiatic. Therefore, Christianity cannot be called the white man's religion because it has its genesis in the Afro-Asiatic region where Africa and Asia come together. Some whites have corrupted Christianity, though, to justify slavery, white supremacy, and racism. And yet, as I come before you on this day, I want to wrestle with this translation of scripture that I've read to you. This is a rendering that I want to provide clarity because there is nothing wrong with being black. We need to understand who the speaker is in this text. We need to understand why Sister Girl described herself as black but beautiful or dark but lovely as to negate the beauty of her blackness. It is very apparent. She hadn't heard James Brown as he would say, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. However, too many African Americans have been made to feel ashamed about our skin color, our hair textures, and our facial features. These negative notions about our physical makeup has created a lesser appreciation for those who are of darker hue. This lends itself to an inferiority complex about who we are and how we navigate our lives, social and cultural arenas. The color of black folks' skin has been corrupted and fetishized to the point where some have wondered, why did God curse me with black skin? There's no sense of pride. There's no loving the skin I'm in. And there's a tendency to want to become lighter because American society and the world values the notion of white skin. 
However, I'm on a preaching assignment as we celebrate Black History or African American History Month to let those of us who have been kissed by the sun know there's nothing wrong with being black. My, my preaching urge to correct this negative thinking and to provide a biblical appreciation for the skin we are in is found in Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 5. I, I, I lift this one verse and I want to try to do a homiletical justice from this biblical context because it's reading bothered me. Most of the translations have this verse reading, I'm dark but lovely, New King James Version. Dark am I yet lovely, NIV translation. I am black but lovely, NASB. I, I am very dark but lovely, ESV. What, what, what bothers me about these translations is the word but. The, the, the word but is a disjunctive. The word but is a contradistinctive conjunction. Uh, that means that whatever comes before the word but has been canceled and replaced. For example, we all would be happy but for something. Our plans will be successful but for something. We should all be very good but for some inconsistent bad temper. Here is a good man, but he is so stingy. Here's a beautiful woman, but she has a funky attitude. Here's a good brother, but he can't keep a job. Here's a sweet woman, but her husband has left her. Here's a handsome man, but he has COVID. Regardless of who you are or who you think you are, that three-letter word, B-U-T, reminds us of our faults and shortcomings. It does not matter how pretty you are, how good-looking you are, how handsome you are, how beautiful you are, how educated you are, how rich you are, how smart you are, how powerful you are, how influential you are, how spiritual you are, how religious you are. All of us sooner or later have to deal with the butt in our lives. But when you have God on your side, when you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, all buts got to go. The song of Solomon that I've read to you this morning is attributed to Solomon. Solomon is the third king in Israel's history. He was considered to be the richest and wisest king in the nation's history. Uh, he has eyes for this black woman who is believed to be the queen of Sheba. She is described uh, as his beloved and he is hers. And on this Valentine's Day, what a way to lift up people of color as far as love is, is concerned. But she describes herself as dark but lovely, black but beautiful. Not only does she say she's black, but she tells us how black, how dark she is. She, she's dark like the tents of Kedar. She's dark like Solomon's curtains. The, the tents of Kedar were made of black goat's hair. And, and so Sister Girl just does not have a suntan. She's jet black. 
And when it comes to black folks from in this country and worldwide, uh, we are a rainbow of blackness. We're a conocopia along the spectrum of blackness. And I've come to serve notice that there's nothing wrong with being black. Uh, from high yellow to pitch midnight, you're beautiful. You're handsome. You got it going on. This woman who is Solomon's beloved is one of the most revered, respected, the wealthiest, powerful sister of her day. And if you want to know more about her, I would encourage you to read 1 Kings chapter 10, particularly verses 1 through 13. She's known as the Queen of Sheba. The Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon because she has heard about his wisdom, his riches, and his faith. She came looking for one thing and got caught up. Solomon saw her and she saw him. And guess what? It was on and popping. She was swept off her feet. Solomon fell in love at first sight. And the song of Solomon captures their feelings for each other. And since this is Valentine's Day, I want to suggest if you want to do some poetry later on, read these words to your sweetheart. This book, Song of Solomon, is so steamy, it's so hot, it almost did not make the biblical canon. It's so hot that when you read it in context, sisters, you will clutch your pearls. Uh, Some saints want to fix this book by saying, no, the Song of Solomon is not about the love between a man and a woman. It's about the love that Jesus Christ has for his church. No, that ain't the right interpretation. It is about the love that a woman has for a man and a man has for a woman. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, This is a love between a man and a woman who are people of color. According to J.A. Rogers in his book, World's Great Men of Color, the queen's name is Makeda. Makeda is an Ethiopian who becomes queen of Sheba around 960 B.C., the same time that Solomon is on his throne. Sheba, the country Sheba, is where modern-day Saudi Arabia is located. This girl had it going on. People from that region came and paid tribute and homage to her. They bowed down to her because of her power and I would dare say her beauty. Yet she describes herself in this text as dark but lovely, black but beautiful. And even though black people in the ancient world would not have been dealing with racism like we do in today's culture, they they did have to deal with being oppressed because of ethnicity. So, So what I want to do is deal with the implications of this text. This is important to realize because we have been trained in today's culture systematically and socially to see our blackness, the color of our skin as being something wrong, as being a curse. We've been taught to hate everything about ourselves because we're not white. If you don't believe me, check out how the culture, the media, and even our language causes us or teaches us to despise the idea of blackness. For example, in Hollywood, 
if an actor or actress has been shunned, they are said to be blacklisted. Uh, when a child becomes a disappointment to the family, they're called the black sheep of the family. Um, when a person is guilty of extortion, they are called a blackmailer. When, when a person is hypocritical, you will hear the saying, the pot calling the kettle black. Uh, when you've had uh, a very horrific day, you will call it the blackest day of your life. When, when a political candidate does not have a chance to win an election, he or she is referred to as being a dark horse. In, in the old Western movies, the good guys were white. The bad guys wore black. In a sorority or fraternity, Sherelle, you know that if you didn't want somebody to join, you would drop a black ball on them. An acceptable and a forgivable lie is called a little white lie. But an unforgivable lie or the worst lie is called a black lie. If you want angel food cake, it's going to be a white cake. But if you want devil's food cake, it's going to be black or chocolate. Even in the weather, even around this time of the year, a thin sheet of ice that could cause an accident is called black ice. Even though ice ain't black. That's something to think about. I, I really wish somebody would write these meteorologists and tell them, just call it slippery ice or ice. Stop calling it black ice. That, that's how... We're trained to have a negative perception about anything and everything black. It may seem small, it may seem unconscious, but it's a psychological and mental move that makes you feel cynical about black. And it becomes part of our thinking for black folks about who we are and what we can do. However, I've come to serve notice there's nothing wrong with being black. This sister had it going on. But when you read the Bible and you scan ancient history, some powerful black women left an imprint upon world civilization. According to archaeologists, the olden findings of a woman called Lucy was found in Africa. Eve, y'all, was black. Hagar was black. Tamar was black. Miriam was black. Sarah was black. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was black. Zipporah, Moses' wife, was black. Deborah was black. In other words, there's nothing wrong with being black. But think about this. And let me, while I'm at it, lift this up. This woman is a black woman. And may I deviate for a moment and raise Makita's femininity and other sisters' essence because we got to understand the women were there making a difference. When humanity got started, uh, the women were there. Uh, when God made his promises, the women were there. When God delivered Israel from Egypt, the women were there. When God opened the Red Sea, the women were there. When God revealed God's plan of salvation, the women were there. When the word was made flesh, God knows the women were there. When resurrection was first revealed, the women were there. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the women were there. Some 
black women of history may not be in our Bible, but hallelujah, they made a difference. I had to go back and do my research and, and, and help y'all understand that I do know how to read. And I know how to connect the dots because when I think about it, think about this, Hatshepsut, queen of Egypt, was the first black woman in history to rule a nation. Nefertiti, the queen of Egypt, and her husband, Pharaoh Akakinetan, were the first to teach about one God, a monotheistic God. Nefertiti II, the Nubian, was married to Ramses II, whom Moses went down and told them, God said, let my people go. Cleopatra was not white like Elizabeth Taylor played her, but she was black because she had Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony fighting over her. Ain't nothing wrong with being black. Uh, this is what I want you to understand. I want you to understand as I get ready to close this sermon that our history did not start in 1619 in slavery. Our history did not start when white Europeans came to Africa and took souls. Our history goes back to Egypt, Ethiopia, Mali, and Ghana. It's my hope that as I share this with you, that we begin to love the skin we're in. We need to regain self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love. And in order to do that, we got to know the truth. And I stop by to let you know that the truth is, there's nothing wrong with being black. Uh, uh, it, it, when you know the truth, you start behaving differently. When, when you know the truth, you start thinking differently. When you know the truth, you have a different perspective of who you are. And I stop by to let somebody know that if we're going to have a sense of pride, we must know the truth. That if we're going to save our boys and girls, we must know the truth. If we're going to redeem our communities, we must know the truth. If we're going to rebuild our families, we must know the truth. If we're going to heal our land, we must know the truth. If we're going to help ourselves, we must know the truth. If we're going to be able to worship God, we must know the truth. If we're going to be able to give God real praise, we must know the truth. And that truth is, there's nothing wrong with the skin I'm in. That there's nothing wrong with me being black. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I believe that when we know the truth, our children will stop killing each other. When we know the truth, we'll stop calling each other the N-word. When we know the truth, we will rise above racism. When we know the truth, we will defeat white supremacy. When we know the truth, we will overcome Trumpism. When we know the truth, we will conquer negativity. When we know the truth, we will overthrow inferiority. When we know the truth, we will crush sexism. When we know the truth, we will subdue the lies told. When we know the truth, we will crucify discrimination. When we know the truth, we will demolish hatred. That is because I have discovered that the truth that I know and the truth that I've heard is stronger than racism. 
Truth is stronger than hatred. Truth is stronger than a lie. Truth is stronger than evil. Truth is stronger than despair. Truth is stronger than a lynch mob. Truth is stronger than QAnon. Truth is stronger than Trumpism. Truth is stronger than prison. Truth is stronger than guns. Truth is stronger than bullets. And truth is stronger than death. And that truth is there's nothing wrong with the skin I'm in. I want to encourage somebody that regardless of how God made you, you ought to celebrate and commemorate the skin you're in. I know folks that put you down because of the color of your skin. I know folks that put you down because your lips are big and your hair is curly or nappy. But you need to thank God for the skin that you're in. And you need to thank God for how God has made you. When you look at yourself, you need to do like the psalmist said. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, the God I serve don't make any junk. So the next time you're in the mirror, look at your bad self and say to yourself, self, give God a praise because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Y'all got to excuse me. My Mississippi done slipped out. But when I think about what God has done with me and myself, I have to give him praise because others have put me down, but the God I serve has picked me up. Others have said I'm ugly, but God says I'm beautiful. Others say I ain't nobody, but God says I am somebody. Others say my skin is black, but God says I'm beautiful. Others say I'm fat, but God says you are right. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to take esteem because if nobody else likes you, if nobody else loves you, even on this Valentine's Sunday, we serve a God that loves you anyhow. He loves you because of the skin you in. He loves you because of the skin you're in. So you need to give God praise because regardless of what folks say, your real love, your real lover of your soul is none other than Jesus Christ who is the truth, the way, and the life. So I got to give a praise because he's worthy. I thank him because ain't nothing wrong with me being black. So can I go? James Brown on y'all. I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud. 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 I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. And I'm proud. Say yeah. Good God Almighty. Say yes. Good God Almighty. Say yes.
nothing wrong with being black. I, I, I really wish one day we'll get beyond the construct of race. Um, uh, because we as black folks, we didn't invent this. <laughs> But until we get beyond this, we have to lift up this banner and correct these notions that will have us thinking that there's something defective about me because of the skin I'm in. It's, it's my hope and prayer that, that one day, just as we're able to overcome and get beyond the social constructs of racism and white privilege and all those other isms that separate us. Um, and, and I know there's some people who are watching saying, well, Reverend, you know, you're talking about ain't nothing wrong with being black, but I ain't black. Well, I don't have to preach against or preach an affirmation of your whiteness because that's already affirmed by the culture. I do have to correct the negativity that's attached to me because of the color of my skin. And, and in that preaching, it's my hope and prayer that you understand and you're able to get a window into the mess we have to deal with as far as being black and being in the color of our skin. And so what I want to do is I want to right now invite you to have a relationship with the God of this universe who sent Jesus Christ into this world. Watch this as a person of color. Jesus was Jewish, Palestinian born. Um, Jesus grew up in an oppressed condition. And so whenever I hear someone, particularly of African hue, talk about Christianity being the white man's religion, that number one lets me know they don't know history. They don't know Christian history. We, we've been, Christianity has been greatly influenced, amen, by Augustine, Tertullian, Origen, Irenaeus, people of color, people of color. So I want to invite you to a relationship. Guess what? God loves you, not in spite of, but because of. Regardless of the color of your skin, God wants relationship with you. I want to invite you to have that relationship right now. I want to invite you to have that relationship right now. We're receiving people virtually. And so I want to pray a short prayer with you. And I'll pray this short prayer with you. If this prayer is meant for you, I want you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And I'll let you know how you can 
even become a part of the St. Paul Church and join us. And if you need to be baptized, we're, we're even baptizing people into the household of faith. So if you don't mind, if you would repeat this prayer after me, God, I thank you for saving a sinner like me. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. I want to live for you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Hey, if you've prayed that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer, you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, you meant that in your head and in your heart, guess what? You're saved. Is it really that easy? Yeah, it is. It's really that easy. So guess what? If you meant that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to do me a favor. If you would, if you're listening to us online and you're watching us on our platform, you can type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us online as far as the telephone is concerned, you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org or you can call us here at the church at 704-334-5309. Say, hey, my name is so-and-so, so-and-so. I want to know what it means to live for God. I, I want you all to know that I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. What, what should I do next? And somebody by 5 o'clock tomorrow will call you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. If you already saved, you know who Jesus Christ is and the pardon of your sin, but you want to connect with us here at St. Paul, you want to anchor down with us, you want to become part of the tribe here at St. Paul, we would love to have you. I would love to be your pastor and these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So guess what? You can also reach out to us in the chat room on our virtual platforms. Just type in connect. Somebody's going to get in touch with you or call us. Leave your name or number and number. Somebody will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Well, guess what? We're getting ready to leave from this place, but never from your presence. We thank the Parker family for joining us. We hope and pray uh, that your little ones will grow in the faith and admonition of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you all so much for joining us. We're getting ready to get out of here right now. And as we prepare to leave, uh, thanks to our adult uh, ensemble for blessing us with song. We greatly appreciate you all. Thank you, Dr. Sherelle Fuller, for standing in for Scott. Amen. I want to let you all know we are giving vaccinations here at the church. We'll let you know when the next one will come through. If we're going to get back in, we got to get vaccinated. Amen. We got to get vaccinated. Amen. But in the meantime, wear your mask, wash your hands, practice physical uh, social distancing, and uh, have a happy Valentine's Day. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord allow for his face to shine upon you and give you perfect peace. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen. God bless you all. 
I love you, but God loves you even more. Be safe uh, and enjoy this day.